0: Hello, Joshua P. Warren here, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, I hope you're in the mood for some weird stuff, because I have a weird one for you today. You may have never heard of a purple dye called Tyrian Purple, but that was in high demand thousands of years ago. All of the ancient kings and priests, like the Romans, they wanted to have these gowns and robes that were made with Tyrian purple dye. Tyrian purple was one of the most valuable substances in the world, and that's because it was very difficult to obtain. You would have to go out and find this particular type of sea snail, and then you would more or less have to milk it to get just the tiniest little drop of this secretion or you could be more destructive and you could just grind the thing up and get some but then now you've killed the snail and the thing is it would take like tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of these snails to make one substantial garment for example here's an expert right here who says "12,000 snails yield no more than 1.4 grams of pure dye, enough to color only the trim of a single garment." End quote. So a gram is, you know, less than a teaspoon. So you're talking about 12,000 of these snails. I mean, it's just amazing that people would go to such lengths. Um, so it's still rare to this day and if you really want to see what tyrian purple looks like you have to go to a museum and you know why because that particular color of purple is at such a frequency that it cannot be accurately displayed on a computer display Now think about that. It is impossible for you to look at your computer and see the same vibration that comes from Tyrian purple. And it can't even be faithfully reproduced in photographs. You just have to see it in person with the naked eyes. That's the only way you're ever going to experience how, how radiant this is. I've heard the same thing about certain gemstones and that's fascinating to me to know that there is a color out there that comes from a snail that um, you know is a pigment that is of such caliber that it can only be appreciated face to face and this reminds me about how when I was in um, well even when I was in high school I, I started speaking to fellow, students uh, in various classes about ghost research and paranormal investigation and i would try to explain the difference between subjective and objective and i would say you know objective is where we break out a ruler that you know you both of us agree on the size of the ruler and then we use that as a reference and then subjective is something that only you can attest to for example um i may like the taste of chocolate and uh, you might like the taste of chocolate we know it's a taste that we both enjoy but how are you ever going to know that when you taste chocolate and i taste chocolate we actually taste the same thing okay you're never going to know that that's subjective another example of subjectivity and the problem with the subjective is um have you ever tried to explain to someone who's blind What something looks like for example I grew up with a cousin who was blind from birth and I was with her quite a bit as a matter of fact we were of similar age and so often I would help her around the school to get from class to class and I was exposed to Braille and I had lots of really interesting conversations with her growing up and because that she had never had sight i would try to explain what something would look like and um, it was very very difficult <laughs> no, i mean and i and you you really get to a point where you feel like you, it, you just can't be done it just can't be done um, i mean I, and it's one thing to talk about uh, the general shape of something not to mention getting into colors And so this idea that there are things out there that are just beyond what one can perceive depending on the circumstances, uh, it's right there on the boundary of what humans are capable of comprehending about themselves and their relationship with the universe. Now I'm bringing all this up because I want to tell you about an experience that I had in February of 2011 so this was over seven years ago as you know I'm a very vivid dreamer and I had an experience that was so different than my usual dreams that to this day I am not certain if it was a dream or if it was some kind of an otherworldly experience but it definitely seemed Um, extraordinary essentially what i experienced was waking up in the middle of the night and walking out of the bedroom because i had some sense that there was something at the front door i don't know if i heard a knock or how that happened now from the moment i got up and walked over toward the door what i can tell you about the reality i was seeing is that everything looked the same, but just a little different. So, in other words, um, you know, I grew up playing video games, and there was this video game called, uh, I think it was Super Mario Bros. 2. And every once in a while, you know, the character, Mario, would be running along through a forest or something like that, and all of a sudden there would just be a door, floating there in the middle of nowhere and you could open that door and then when you walked through now it's like that you are backstage so you see the same mountains and trees and all that but you're seeing it from a different angle and they have a different color and there also might be extra things backstage that you don't see out front or there might be some things missing so it's it, again it's a similar scene but uh but not the exact one it's like you're seeing a different aspect um maybe that's what it's like to look at things from a slightly different dimension but that's the best explanation i can give you for for how i remember things looking so i walked i walked up to the front door of my house this was in alexander north carolina i lived at the top of a hill Uh, on a big wooded piece of property there was a big actually there was a uh, right in front of my front door there was a hill that dropped off down into a big grassy field and at the bottom of that field there was a creek and then on the opposite side of the creek there was another big hill that was all wooded But basically it was very private That area has been developed a lot now But when I would walk outside then and look around I I couldn't see another house I just had a field and woods And a creek down there at the bottom of the hill So I opened the front door And standing there in front of me Is a being And that being Was I would say At the most six feet tall i'm six foot two and it wasn't quite as tall as me from what i uh, remember on the other hand he might have been on the steps so he might have been a little taller than that but he was down a step and that might have thrown me off a little bit because i was so astounded by what i was seeing this being standing there looked like a giant bird um and he had uh more of the look of a falcon about him than anything and he he had this uh, radiant bluish purple white with other little slivers of color uh emanating from him that i had never seen before have never seen since and have never been capable of describing to another person. Uh, he had sort of these sprigs coming from his head, the top of his head, like a falcon does. And he had uh, had a beak, just like a bird. Kind of, I recall it being sort of a, a, a dark yellowish or orangish beak. But he had big, very human-like eyes. Now, I don't recall him having arms, but he he just had wings, and he's just standing there like a big tall bird, but he's looking at me with this very expressive, calm face, and I did not feel at all threatened, and I remember seeing him was shocking, but also the whole area behind him that I was used to uh, looked, looked different. Again, it was the same thing I was telling you that there was the field was still there, the woods were still there, but everything a little different. It almost had a um, a, a, a deep dark blue saturation to it. Uh, so I'm standing there in front of this being, and uh, the first thing he did was say something very nice to me, and I believe he must have. Talk to me telepathically because I didn't see his little beak moving. (laughs) And so, basically, and I can't tell you word for word what he said because it wasn't like, again, it wasn't like we're speaking in English to each other. He essentially told me that he was happy to meet me and that there were many. Uh, significant things if you want to call them that many big things that were about to happen in the world and that I was going to be helpful and he assured me that I would uh, come through this well and it actually reminds me a lot of what some of the Puerto Ricans told me they got as a message from a ball of light that would appear in the middle of night to them But the the gist of it was, nice to meet you, Uh, I come in peace, everything is is okay, don't be afraid of anything, yes, some crazy stuff's about to go down in the world, but you're going to help us out, so you're going to be fine, so uh, just remember that, you know, and it was just a really, I mean, I was just, uh, I'm still kind of speechless, as you can tell, thinking about this because the next thing i know i'm waking up in the morning and i said to lauren i said wow i had a wild dream last night and she knows i have crazy dreams all the time and i don't talk to her about my dreams i don't talk to anybody about my dreams usually because it's so common for me to have vivid, crazy dreams, that it's not even like a big deal. It's like a waste of time. I don't ask people to tell me about their dreams. I don't tell people about my dreams. But this was different. And I told her, I said, this seemed so real that it was almost like it was more real than this reality. Again, these are phrases that that don't quite make sense, but maybe they'll mean something to you listening to this podcast if you've experienced something similar and so um, i told her that there were colors that i i could not describe that i'd never seen before coming off of this thing and uh i just very quickly started referring to it as the bird god and i did that kind of tongue-in-cheek But that's sort of what I I felt like, that I'd been exposed to some kind of bird god, you know. And so I got on the internet and I started doing research and trying to see if I could find something along these lines. The closest thing I could come up with was uh, Horus from, from ancient Egypt. Horus is depicted as a man with the head of a blue bird And uh, it's often a falcon. And actually, it kind of gave me a chill when I saw Horus. Because this thing did not look exactly like Horus is depicted. But, you know, it's close enough. I mean, a a big human-sized bird guy standing there with a blue head. And uh, he was the king of the sky. And, you know, he played this significant role. And a lot of people who are into Egyptology will still wear little pendants. I think uh, William Henry wears a pendant like that a lot. Like a necklace that has just a bird on it with its wings out horizontally to represent Horus. And then we have the eye of Horus that people use for uh, good luck and all that. And I honestly, I've never really been that into Egyptology. Uh, You'd think that I would be, but um, I don't know, something about Egyptology just, um, let me put it this way, I've, I've grown more interested as I've gotten older. So, but this is not the kind of thing that would have necessarily popped up in a dream or whatever because i was thinking about it so i figured well maybe this is the same kind of experience that ancient egyptians were having and that's where these beings like horus came into play and that was about as far as i got with it so then later that day i ended up talking on the telephone to mobius and mobius he is very similar to me in the sense that he has a lot of uh powerful dream experiences and he believes that he is sometimes instructed on how to do certain things in life during a dream experience and so i got on the phone with him to talk about something totally you know unrelated and he and he brings up to me man i had a wild dream last night and i said oh really and he goes yeah i said well what'd you dream?" And he said, I dreamed that I woke up in the middle of the night and I walked outside and I looked up and there was this big blue spaceship shaped like a bird flying over my house. And when Mobius told me that, I almost shit myself. I said, You have got to be kidding me. Again hair standing up on my arms right now as i'm telling this story i it was so shocking that you know i had not mentioned a thing to him about my experience the only person i'd mentioned anything to was lauren and she hadn't mentioned that to anybody else and so at that point we have this big session where i'm you know i'm telling him all about my experience and he's to give me more details about his and it seemed pretty obvious to me that this wasn't necessarily just something that happened to me that this may have actually been some kind of a being that was flying around <laughs> our our neck of the woods, so to speak. Not that Mobius lives uh, in my neighborhood, but you know he lives in the, in the region. Mobius lived about you know maybe an hour from my house, and uh, it was just you know it was shocking. And so for a while, we decided to keep this a secret. We didn't want to tell anybody because we thought, okay, if somebody brings this up to us, then we need to hear what they experienced without them being contaminated by hearing our experience. You know, that kind of thing. So, from time to time, I would indeed um, run into somebody who would bring up something about, you know, seeing a bird like creature, and I'd listen very carefully, but I never heard anything quite like what I saw. And then just last year, I was at the home of my good friends Ron and Missy Hill. And Missy Hill brought up a term that I had never heard before. Blue avians. And she was telling me that there are people out there who are talking about this species of aliens that are visiting people. ...that are described as big, tall, blue, bird-like beings. And I'm like, huh? Um, there's one guy in particular named Corey Good who has been talking about this. And, um, and I have not had time to dig deeply into uh, what his story is. But if you just get on the internet and you look up blue avians, you'll find a, a variety of websites that talk about them. Here's one right here. It has a picture of uh, a being that looks much more like what I saw with the blue sprig of hair, whatever you want to call it, coming out of the top, and the little yellowish beak. and I mean, this looks a lot more like what I saw. It says, Blue avians are a peaceful ancient race that has come into our solar system inside spherical ships billions of years ago, carrying a message of peace and hope for humanity. The blue avian extraterrestrial species Exists beyond the confines of space and time Uh, It is believed that they have aided In the spiritual development of humankind And helping to shift the consciousness Of our species for the good of all It goes on to say that um, They're not really three dimensional beings But when they decide to appear here It says they are said to be blue and humanoid Eight feet tall and bird-like in appearance with bright indigo blue feathers perhaps the most striking aspect of the blue avians is their higher density and extra-dimensional abilities etc etc so um again this is not exactly what i described i what i saw was not eight feet tall but um this is pretty darn close i mean when you start reading this it's close enough that uh i would you know i I would have to say that this may be the closest encounter that i've ever had and it could have just been a hell of a vivid dream and maybe that's all that this is, is some kind of a super dream that a lot of people have sometimes that's got this element in it for some reason that we don't understand so i'm not telling you that i believe that these are truly flying around out here and visiting people. But I think it is certainly a strong possibility, uh, especially considering what Mobius experienced the very same night that I had my experience. That takes it to another level. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you think you have encountered one of these beings, these bird-like aliens or bird gods or whatever you want to call them uh I, you know i'd love to hear from you uh just go to my website joshua there is no period after the p go to JoshuaPWarren.com, and if you scroll down to the bottom you will find my email address and you can email me, and I promise you I will read it. I cannot always respond to every email. Sometimes I get overwhelmed, but I will read it, and I'd love to hear about your experience. Um, and, you know, uh, maybe, maybe there is something to this, and um, maybe we are sometimes lucky enough to get to glimpse other beings from other dimensions that always like to pop up in the middle of the night when you are in a more open mood, Uh, so to speak Uh, maybe I didn't physically get out of my bed to go see this thing maybe I astrally got out of my bed and that's when they visit you when you're astrally available so to speak when you're sleeping Uh, and that's why the world looks a little bit different because you're seeing the world on the astral plane Um, look that's a that's a good possibility so uh, you know if you've had this kind of an experience I'd like to hear your details as well um Also, while you're there at joshuapwarren.com, I hope that you'll enjoy the website. Click around. Look at all the stuff there is to see. Sign up for the free e-newsletter to get your free good luck charm. Go to the Curiosity Shop. Click the link at the top. Learn about my big event coming up in Las Vegas called Finding Your Magic. How to Hack Reality. You're going to be amazed at the things that we're going to get into Um more stuff than i can even tell you about and i want there to be some surprises if you are one of the 100 people who gets to go to my event in vegas and you'll find on the homepage of JoshuaPWarren.com a red box that is a link to this podcast this podcast is called joshua p warren daily it's always free it's always short i try to leave one for you every day I don't think I'll be leaving one for you tomorrow. Tomorrow night, I'm appearing on Beyond Reality Radio, hosted by Jason Halls of the show Ghost Hunters. sure you know him. And also J.V. Johnson from Taps Para Magazine. It's a great show. They're wonderful guys. And we always have a good conversation. So I'm going to do their show tomorrow night, so I'll probably give my voice a rest and, and skip the podcast tomorrow. But otherwise... Um, You can subscribe there through my website if you would like to uh, continue listening to these. Share them with uh, your friends. You can also follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when new ones are available. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you found that intriguing. (laughs) Weird but intriguing. Thanks for staying curious. I'll talk to you again soon.